Today is the 17th day of July. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian, and it's uh, wonderful, as it is every day, a joy that we can come together like this, isn't it? That we can come together and step away from things for a few minutes and be together in God's Word. That is, uh, that is a joy. So it's a joy to be here with you as we take the next step through our week. And uh, next step forward in the scriptures. We're reading from the New Living Translation this week. And uh, we're nearing the end of our journey through First Chronicles. Today we'll read chapter 24, verse 1 through 26, verse 11. This is how Aaron's descendants, the priests, were divided into groups for service. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father, and they had no sons. So only Eleazar and Ithamar were left to carry on as priests. With the help of Zadok, who was a descendant of Eleazar, and of Ahimelech, who was a descendant of Ithamar, David divided Aaron's descendants into groups according to their various duties. Eleazar's descendants were divided into 16 groups, and Ithamar's into eight, for there were more family leaders among the descendants of Eleazar. All tasks were assigned to the various groups by means of sacred lots, so that no preference would be shown. For there were many qualified officials serving God in the sanctuary from among the descendants of both Eleazar and Ithamar. Shemaiah, son of Nethanel, a Levite, acted as secretary and wrote down the names and assignments in the presence of the king. The officials, Zadok the priest, Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, and the family leaders of the priests and Levites. The descendants of Eleazar and Ithamar took turns casting lots. The first lot fell to Jehoiarib. The second lot fell to Jediah. The third lot fell to Harim. The fourth lot fell to Siorim. The fifth lot fell to Melchijah. The sixth lot fell to Mijamin. The seventh lot fell to Hakaz. The eighth lot fell to Abijah. The ninth lot fell to Jeshua. The tenth lot fell to Shechaniah. The eleventh lot fell to Eliashib. The twelfth lot fell to Jakim. The thirteenth lot fell to Hupa. The fourteenth lot fell to Jeshabib. The fifteenth lot fell to Bilga. The sixteenth lot fell to Emer. The seventeenth lot fell to Hazir. The eighteenth lot fell to Hapazaz. The nineteenth lot fell to Petahiah. The twentieth lot fell to Jehezkel. The twenty-first lot fell to Jakim. The twenty-second lot fell to Gamul. The twenty-third lot fell to Deliah. The twenty-fourth lot fell to Meaziah. Each group carried out its appointed duties in the house of the Lord according to the procedures established by their ancestor Aaron, in obedience to the commands of the Lord, the God of Israel. 
These were the other family leaders descended from Levi. From the descendants of Amram, the leader was Shabuel. From the descendants of Shabuel, the leader was Jediah. From the descendants of Rehabiah, the leader was Ishia. From the descendants of Ishar, the leader was Shalomith. From the descendants of Shalomith, the leader was Jaath. From the descendants of Hebron, Jeriah was the leader, Amariah was second, Jahaziel was third, and Jacomim was fourth. From the descendants of Uziel, the leader was Micah. From the descendants of Micah, the leader was Shamir, along with Ishia, the brother of Micah. From the descendants of Ishia, the leader was Zechariah. From the descendants of Merari, the leaders were Mali and Mushi. From the descendants of Jaaziah, the leader was Bino. From the descendants of Merari through Jaaziah, the leaders were Bino, Shoam, Zakur, and Ibri. From the descendants of Mali, the leader was Eleazar, though he had no sons. From the descendants of Kish, the leader was Jeremiel. From the descendants of Mushi, the leaders were Mali, Eder, and Jeremoth. These were the descendants of Levi in their various families. Like the descendants of Aaron, they were assigned to their duties by means of sacred lots, without regard to age or rank. Lots were drawn in the presence of King David, Zadok, Ahimelech, and the family leaders of the priests and the Levites. David and the army commanders then appointed men from the families of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun to proclaim God's messages to the accompaniment of lyres, harps, and cymbals. Here is a list of their names and their work. From the sons of Asaph, there were Zakor, Joseph, Nathaniah, and Azarela. They worked under the direction of their father, Asaph, who proclaimed God's messages by the king's orders. From the sons of Jeduthun there were Gedaliah, Ziri, Jeshia, Shimei, Hashabiah, and Mattatiah, six in all. They worked under the direction of their father, Jeduthun, who proclaimed God's messages to the accompaniment of the lyre, offering thanks and praise to the Lord. From the sons of Heman, there were Bukiah, Mataniah, Uziel, Shubael, Jeremoth, Hananiah, Hanani, Eliata, Gedalti, Romamti Azer, Joshbikasha, Malati, Otir, and Mahaziel. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer. For God had honored him with fourteen sons and three daughters. All these men were under the direction of their fathers as they made music at the house of the Lord. Their responsibilities included the playing of cymbals, harps, and lyres at the house of God. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman reported directly to the king. They and their families were all trained in making music before the Lord, and each of them, 288 in all, 
was an accomplished musician. The musicians were appointed to their term of service by means of sacred lots, without regard to whether they were young or old, teacher or student. The first lot fell to Joseph of the Asaph clan and twelve of his sons and relatives. The second lot fell to Gedaliah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The third lot fell to Zakor and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fourth lot fell to Ziri and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fifth lot fell to Nataniah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The sixth lot fell to Bukiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The seventh lot fell to Azarila and twelve of his sons and relatives. The eighth lot fell to Jeshia and twelve of his sons and relatives. The ninth lot fell to Mataniah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The tenth lot fell to Shimei and twelve of his sons and relatives. The eleventh lot fell to Uziel and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twelfth lot fell to Hashabiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The thirteenth lot fell to Shubael and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fourteenth lot fell to Mataniah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The fifteenth lot fell to Jeremoth and twelve of his sons and relatives. The sixteenth lot fell to Hananiah and twelve of his sons and relatives. The seventeenth lot fell to Joshbikasha and twelve of his sons and relatives. The eighteenth lot fell to Hanani and twelve of his sons and relatives. The nineteenth lot fell to Malatai and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twentieth lot fell to Eliata and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-first lot fell to Hothir, and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-second lot fell to Gedalti, and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-third lot fell to Mahazioth, and twelve of his sons and relatives. The twenty-fourth lot fell to Romanti Azer, and twelve of his sons and relatives. These are the divisions of the gatekeepers. From the Korahites, there was Meshelemiah, son of Kor, of the family of Abiasaph. The sons of Meshelemiah were Zechariah, the oldest, Jediel, the second, Zebediah, the third, Jothniel, the fourth, Elam, the fifth, Yehoanan, the sixth, and Elioni, the seventh. The sons of Obed-Edom, also gatekeepers, were Shemaiah, the oldest, Jehozabad, the second, Joah, the third, Sakar the fourth, Netanel, the fifth, Amiel, the sixth, Issachar, the seventh, and Pulatai, the eighth. God had richly blessed Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom's son, Shemaiah, had sons with great ability who earned positions of great authority in the clan. Their names were Othni, Raphael, Obed, and Elzabad. Their relatives, Elihu and Semachiah, were also very capable men. 
all of these descendants of Obed-Edom, including their sons and grandsons, 62 of them in all, were very capable men, well qualified for their work. Meshelamiah's 18 sons and relatives were also very capable men. Hosea of the Marari clan appointed Shimri as the leader among his sons, though he was not the oldest. His other sons included Hilkiah the second, Tebaliah the third, and Zechariah the fourth. Hosea's sons and relatives, who served as gatekeepers, numbered thirteen in all. Romans 4, 1-12 Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Now, Is this blessing only for the Jews? Or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised. But only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Psalm 13 For the choir director, a psalm of David. O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? 
How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. Proverbs 19, 15, and 16. Lazy people sleep soundly, but idleness leaves them hungry. Keep the commandments and keep your life. Despising them leads to death. Okay, so in the book of Romans, the letter that Paul wrote to the Romans, we're seeing Paul do some deconstruction uh, about certain aspects of his Jewish faith. And I mean, it, it may not seem that way now, but the, the stuff that he's saying in the book of Romans at the time is very controversial stuff. But he wasn't trying to like dismantle or just like do away with his reverence for Judaism. Uh, he wasn't actually trying to get anybody's reverence for Judaism uh, obliterated or anything like that. He was trying to reframe this story and uh, and bring Jesus into the story and show how this had always been there. And, and this is why uh, Paul was on the hot seat all the time. This stuff that we're reading, this is like a very like outlawed kind of book for the Hebrew people uh, at the time. And what Paul was trying to reframe at its essence was about whether a person could earn their way into God's favor by their obedience to, to the Mosaic law, which is an idea that was deeply embedded into the Hebrew culture, or whether there was another way. So Paul was kind of saying out loud what they had been wrestling with for a long time because nobody could obey the law perfectly and so what to do? And this is pretty big reframe indeed what Paul is saying because the Jews believed that their adherence to the law uh, wasn't just about uh, an exclusive Hebrew religion, but also this was the path uh, that would save them. So Paul's message is pretty disruptive if that's what they, if that's what you believe. And what we're seeing Paul start to do is uh, make a distinction between Abraham and Moses. The law came through Moses, but Abraham came way before Moses, and he was the one who received the promise in the first place. So Paul's saying, you're kind of worshiping and revering Moses and the Mosaic law, and that's fine and dandy, but things happened before that that we cannot forget because they are foundational. So Paul uh, made reference to two people in today's reading uh, that 
all Hebrew people would understand. Abraham and David. And he said this, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that wasn't God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So, so Paul's saying like, you're like going nuts on this Mosaic law thing, right down to circumcision. All these things are important, but let's remember that our father, Abraham, was not circumcised when he put his faith in God. So for uh, every man that was a Hebrew, like circumcision is an irreplaceable outward sign of obedience to the law. And so Paul's saying like, when Abraham met God, he wasn't obeying the law because there wasn't a law to obey. And he wasn't circumcised because there was no law to tell him he should be. So we're trying to obey these rules and regulations and we're overlooking the thing, like the centerpiece, the one thing that's required in the story. Faith. It was faith that Abraham had that started the story. Not some attempt to obey some kind of rule uh, as behaviors are modified. And the, the reason this is revolutionary is because it was revealing that righteousness before God is not something that can be achieved by uh, like adhering to the moral code or some kind of ethic or some kind of rule. Paul's claiming that uh, righteousness, righteousness before God is a gift from God and it can only be received by faith. In other words, it's a gift that's given by God and the only way to receive it is to believe that you have it. Right? Like it's not something that you're going to end up deserving. Paul said it like this. When people work, their wages aren't a gift. They earn those wages. But people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sin. And then he referenced Psalm 132. So he's referencing David showing that forgiveness is something to be experienced as a gift. It's something to be experienced with joy. And, and so then Paul asks whether God might be merciful to people who were not Hebrew and were not practicing the Jewish faith. And he asks, is this blessing only for the Jews? Or is it for uncircumcised Gentiles? And he says, we've been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did that happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised? Or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, and I'm quoting Paul here, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. So we got a lot, a lot of conversation about circumcision which is probably not the topic that you choose over lunch every day, but here we are. And it's actually a really, really important piece of the Hebrew faith. And Paul's saying, I mean, circumcision, yes or no, has nothing to do with whether or not you can be made righteous before God. That is a faith matter. Now, where we sit now 
these things we don't hardly even pay attention to. We just take them for granted. Uh, the idea or the awareness of an inclusive gospel uh, that is open to everyone who believes and salvation through faith, these are like embedded into our faith, into the Christian faith, just as embedded as obedience to the Mosaic law was for the Jewish people of Paul's time, which is why this is so controversial and disruptive. That's where we leave off today. And uh, if we'll take some time to just kind of meditate, just appreciate what Paul is doing here as he tries to navigate between Jew and Gentile, basically walking the middle way here and revealing Jesus in all of it, we then begin to understand how the faith came to be and was handed down to us. And so, Father... We invite your Holy Spirit into all that we're reading in the book of Romans because we base so much of our faith uh, from the things that are said here. And so come, Holy Spirit, and reveal these things to us and, and allow them to sink deeper into our understanding and lead us into all truth. This is what we seek and this is what you have promised. So we open ourselves to you. Come, Jesus, we pray. In your mighty and holy name, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It is home base. It's, of course, where you find out what's going on around here. And uh, it's... It's the family family reunion that's coming up in uh, in the last day. Well, the last day of August, August thirty first uh, through September second. So Labor Day weekend, we will be hosting a family reunion for the Daily Audio Bible community here in the Rolling Hills of Tennessee, out on the lake. It's uh, it's one of the most beautiful places around here for us to do an event like this. And so we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to it, especially because it's, um, it's it's sort of the end of some of the intense activity that we have maintained. I see that word for uh, for over a decade. Uh, I mean, we're com- completing year fourteen. This year is year fourteen. Seven days a week. And it has literally taken us all around the globe. And uh, there are certain things that we have done that take months to prepare for that the Lord is just instructing us to take a break from so that we can have more space to maintain and to dream. He's leading us into some new territory. So we won't be doing the, the more gathering for women in 2020 we usually do that in april and uh, we won't be doing the family reunion late uh, over labor day weekend in 2020 so this is at least for us not it's not bittersweet it's actually very very exciting but it's also you know with the gravity of like okay this is this is the last time we're gonna have a big group of the community together for a little while and so we want to savor that. 
And that was uh, one of the words that were given over the Moore Gathering, savor. As we went into that this year, just enjoying every minute. It's funny how your attitude changes because I mean, there's all kinds of challenges to doing large events. And so there's all kinds of stuff that comes with it. And it's easy to get frantic about the details and not even enjoy the fact that it's happening. And so we really were able to press in and enjoy everything about the more gathering. And that is the attitude we're taking into the family reunion to savor it, to enjoy it, to allow it to fill us up, to do everything that we can to fill each other up as we just enjoy being together in community. So hopefully you can come. I hope you can. I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, beautiful, handsome faces uh, coming from wherever you're coming from and uh, getting to know you by more than just voice alone. So all the details are at dailyaudiobible.com in the initiatives section. Uh, you can get to the initiatives section on the app by pushing, pushing the little drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner. And yeah, that'll give you all the details. Hope to see you soon. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link. And that link lives on the homepage. And I thank you profoundly for those of you who have clicked that link. We most assuredly wouldn't be here if we didn't do this together. Uh, so, so the link on the homepage. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996. Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, there are a number of numbers that you can use depending on where you are in the world. If you are in the UK, 4420360880078 is the number to dial. If you are in Australia or that part of the world, 61. Three eight eight two zero five four five nine is the number to dial. And if you are in the Americas or this part of the world, eight seven seven nine four two four two five three is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hi, neighbors. This is Lisa the Encourager. I hope you all are having a wonderful day. I wanted to call in and pray for my little Cherie. Um, I know you called in and my little Cherie and that you were very down, it sounded like, which is highly unusual for you because you're always so upbeat, praying for other people. And, and I know that you're going through um, a health issue right now with your pain when you're sitting down and in your tailbone area, not being able to find out what's wrong with that. And so I definitely am going to be praying that God will give you uh, the right doctor to help figure out what's going on and help 
uh, figure out a way to, that you can be healed from that, and then also that you'll be able to be utilized um, with your wonderful talents in so many beautiful ways that I've heard over the Daily Audio Bible and your writing abilities and also just encouraging others and praying for others. So I'll still be praying for that for you, my little Cherie. So, dear God, I thank you so much for my little Cherie, and I thank you for what she means to our Daily Audio Bible community, what she means to you, and what she means to her family and her daughter after her wedding. And I just pray you'll give her a double um, dose of energy and strength in her mind, in her body, and her spirit, Lord, and that you will um, give her the right uh, channels of uh, resources for her medical condition and her the way she's inhibited right now, God, that you will help her and help the doctors find out what's wrong and how she can be healed of this, God. And I just pray that you will just lift her up in mighty, mighty ways, because you are a mighty God. And I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for this community. And I also pray that lift up the others in our community that pray on a regular basis, like uh, Victoria's soul. Hello, Daily Audio Bible family. This is a friend from Arizona. It's my second time calling, and um, I've been listening for six or seven years. I just want to pray for the family of baby Orson who passed away on July 7th. Dear Lord, um, please pray with me, all of you guys. Um, Dear Lord, I just thank you for Orson's dad calling in and letting us know um, of the passing of his son. I thank you for his bravery in sharing his, his short life with us. I've been praying for him since he called about his birth, the rejoicing of the situation of his birth, and I thank you for letting him share that with us. I thank you for the lives that he touched in the 28 days that he was with us. I thank you for the memories that his sisters have of him, and I pray that somehow you will knit the sisters and mom and dad together and that this will be a happy memory as time goes on and that you will help the parents not feel like they have to have all the answers for the daughters. I pray that you will bring people into their lives that can comfort them, that can help them see your goodness in all of it, and that you will... We'll just bring yourself glory through this situation. I thank you that I personally have been touched by Orson's life. And I thank you that you never make mistakes. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Terry from Southern California. Hi, Dabber family. It's Friday, uh, July 12th, and a very hot day in Southern California, but I just heard the prayer request of Brother Zach from North Carolina, I believe. He was calling for prayer for his wife and his two daughters because they just lost their baby boy who was born in June, and he went into the arms of our Lord and Savior on July 7th. Zach, he said he was 28 days old, and you're calling for prayer for your wife and your daughter, so I just want to let you know that, you know, the DB family, we, we grieve with you and we are praying with you. 
and we lift up your daughters and your wife, but we also lift you up too, Zach, for God's grace and peace to be upon you and that you would just fill his love every day and that you will just know that that God in heaven loves you and he cares about you and he cares about your family and he, he cares about sports and, and how you had him for this such a short time. But God knows your pain and God knows your suffering and he is able to just comfort you in a way that nobody else can. So we just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and to let you know that I will be praying for you heartfeltly and that you would just feel the presence of God in the midst of this such great loss. And I just want to let you know that we love you from the DV family and just keep on trusting God when it seems so dark. But God bless you. God bless your wife and God bless your daughters. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Victoria Soldier, just calling to pray for some of the Zabber. I wanted to pray for Zach tonight, uh, uh, son Orson. I'm sorry to hear that he passed away. I, my prayers is for you and the wife and uh, everyone there, your family. I also want to pray for Bruce. Uh, he want to uh, pray for the, the wife and, 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 uh, and the son. And I also want to pray for Terry, the truck driver. Terry, it's so good to hear your voice. I'm glad that you're doing better on the therapy. And I'll be praying with you that you'll be ready to get back on the road. I also want to pray for, um, uh, I want to pray for Tracy and Drew and also Blind Tony. Uh, just, just to say hi to Blind Tony and Viella and, 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 um, uh, Pastor Jenny and, all of the uh, dabbers who are going to the family reunion. I pray that it it be a a tremendous blessing for you all. Gracious Father, I just praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for blessing Orson to live those 28 days. Lord, we just ask you to comfort his mother and his father with with the challenges they have to face. That's family, Lord. You have your way. Have them to always remember him in their heart, Lord. Oh, Lord, we pray for Daniel and Mother Kelly and Bruce. I want to pray for them, Lord, that you give them the victory in the challenges that they're going through. Lord, I want to thank you for Terry, the truck driver. I just ask you to bless him, Lord, to just bless him through that therapy. And, Lord, you strengthen him on every hand. Oh, Lord, continue to keep him and, and encourage him, Lord. Someone needs encouragement tonight. I ask that you touch him, Lord, that you let him know that you're always with him, that you never leave him nor forsake him. Do so good, Lord, that sometimes they don't even know they need help and you are there. 